0: Welcome to another episode of the Best Side Podcast, focusing on bringing out your best side, showing you a wide range of people who have overcome some pretty massive hurdles in life uh, to get to where they are at the moment. And I'm excited to bring you the today's episode, is it episode 11, episode 12? I think it's episode 12. Man, I don't even know what episode it is. But nevertheless, excited to bring you this one with Lorella Doherty, campaigner, uh, organiser, artist. Man, she does a lot of things, um, especially things to do with raising awareness and challenging our thinking around the way that man or humans, I should say, not just man, but humans treat the environment. Um, A lot of artwork she has done, questions or I believe anyway, it forces us to question our morality when it comes to a lot of the things that we're up to in terms of looking after the planet, whether it's climate change, the way we're recycling, lack of recycling, all those sorts of things. And when I sat down to talk with her, it's quite easy to see why. Why I believe it's easy to see why she believes in looking after the planet so much is because, man, the planet has definitely looked after her uh, and her family. bit of a traveling background, um, some interesting family dynamics, as we've seen through a lot of our episodes here uh, on the podcast. And this is no different. So if you know someone or if you are someone who is an advocate for uh, a greener planet, men treating, um, man treating the planet a bit better. This is definitely the episode for you. Check it out. Cool. So, like, cool. so are you from here originally, or no? And yeah. uh,
1: so, I am kind of from all over the show. Um, I gr- did most of my growing up in Nelson, though. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, yeah, country Nelson. Um, but my parents travelled around a lot. They were hippies, so we lived in buses and made made way wherever we went <laughs> sweet
0: so how, what was that like growing up you would have yeah. got introduced to a couple of things pretty hard and fast eh? yep
1: yep um yeah it was really it was so that's in the 80s and it wasn't really an accepted way of living back then so mm. it wasn't like an idea of still is now but. yeah yeah but now i think you know buses and things like that are a lot more um accepted and yeah. you know being alternative is accepted now it's okay um, from the majority of people anyway, mm-hmm. but back then it was very um, shunned upon, um, you know, to come out of that hippie sort of flower child 70s, and then it was, it was like getting to the straight sort of age stuff, so it was probably, rather than a, um, like it was, you were quite, you were an outcast a lot of the time, you yep. know, at school and things, nobody really wanted to talk to you. and you were, the weirdo you were part of and, the hippie Yeah, family. yeah, yeah, and you were like the only one who lived in a bus or a teepee and you were just plain weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, But we, yeah... So we moved around a lot. Um, but, I mean, now it's one of those things like you say as well. It's like, I look back then and that's what's given me all my amazing gifts that I can bring through. So, yep. yeah, I see it as, yeah. An Been an awesome important part upbringing. of shaping yeah. who you are. yeah. yeah.
0: what what ways do you think it was a bit of an advantage? Um, well. Well, actually, let's, let's reverse that. Yeah, yeah. What were some of the things that you kind of, I wouldn't say hated about it, but yeah, what were yeah. some of the things that you disliked about it or were made to feel yeah. Yeah, ashamed yeah. of at the yeah, time? Yeah. With it?
1: Just. Um, nobody wanted to be your friend. Um, so I was, you know, on my own all the time. Um, when I was a young kid, and you know, when you're in your formative, really childhood years, mm. you know, five, six, seven, and no one likes you. Um, you take that on as yourself that you're not likable, and yeah. um, you know, you're not good enough. So those beliefs right from the start is very, you know, hard to, you know, get down to those and start healing those. But of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Was that, like, from as long as you can remember up until, like, your 10 years? Or? Yeah,
1: um, so we, my, um, yeah, dad came home one day when I was probably about uh, seven or eight. Mm-hmm. cut off his hair and it was like, right, yeah, no, we've got to, this is, you know, it's not happening for you guys Yeah, He obviously could see that we were, me and my older sister, who's six years older. hmm um, so a lot harder for her because her going into her teenage years, yep. um, yeah, could probably see us being outcast um, along with them. So yeah, we brought a house and um, oh, which wow. was like a church that they brought for $4,000 on the coast, down yeah. um, the west coast uh, of the South Island. Um, and yeah, so. Um, so the
0: first kind of sevenish years of your life. Yeah, you were, seven years, yeah. You were so yeah like matter of speaking a nomad yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and traveling yeah. around and doing yeah. all sorts, but um yeah. your dad actually saw that it was taking its toll on you guys. Yeah,
1: I think oh, so. Crazy. Yeah. I think he did. Um, yeah, so then we kind of I guess conformed a little bit and he mm. got a job and um I think it was you know mum was like oh I just want to stay a <laughs> stay happy I love the bus and the TV." so yep. that obviously put a big strain on their relationship as well
0: having someone come home a different person yeah, or true.
1: pretending to be a different person do you
0: know what it was that made your dad have that train of thought do you think or was it was it like a defining <laughs> um, moment or was it a build-up of lots of different things that yeah, had gone on and-
1: I really don't know what was going on for him mm. yeah I don't know um yeah
0: Never had that conversation? No, nah. never
1: had that conversation. He's pretty um yeah, he's an amazing guy with stories that are just
0: like or a man, been on the road for ages, I've never seen my on yarns. Yeah, yeah,
1: like <laughs> stories like that would blow your mind away. But um they're just hilarious, which I try and get them every now and again. But he's an alcoholic now and he's really he's mm. just gone. The you know, all those skeletons in the closet, and all those childhood hurts and stuff, instead of him dealing with them, he, so just he locks, locks them out. away. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. So, whereas I've kind of seen that and gone the opposite, where I've been like, yeah, bring them all on. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: So so like coming into the world that was all you knew was was that nomadic sort of yeah, lifestyle yeah. it wasn't like it happened as you were growing up yeah, they yeah. were already doing that before yeah. you came along yeah. what do you, do you know what led to that for the, your parents like okay. did they did they come from overseas and start trekking yeah, yeah. around or yeah, yeah. does it
1: Um no they were both from Auckland oh, yeah. um and oh, wow. yeah yeah both um pretty you know um standard upbringings but just both really deeply spiritual um always knew that there was a different way of um than what they were seeing um you know they could see um greed they could see destruction of the environment like right back then i mean i read my dad's poetry and it's all the stuff that's so relevant now that he's you know he foresaw, but yeah, yeah yeah and um yeah so they were always that way inclined um i think dad left um home at 16 and brought a horse and travelled around the North Island on horseback. And, um, yeah, mum was much the same. She went and brought a house truck and um, went to, you know, I think they met at a mahana on the Coromandel, um, one of the, um, what do you call it? I don't know, I'm thinking Um,
0: festival, but that's not the word. (laughs) No,
1: it's like... um,
0: (laughs) Retreat, is
1: it? No, like an actual, like where you live and... Yeah. What are they
0: called? um, Comfort... Another covenant, it? Oh, <laughs> no, community. Even, I guess. You, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I yeah, can't even think of it, but it'll mm. come. Um,
0: it'll come at you three a.m. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tomorrow morning.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they met met there on this block of land that they'd all gone in and brought, and they were, you know, it was like a free love. Everyone walked around naked and um, yeah. and did um, work for the, you know, and all prepared the meals together and lived together. Community. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they met there and. That's kind of how they began, I guess. And then how
0: they ended up in Nelson?
1: Um, so we went, um we travelled and then we lived down in um
0: uh, So you're born in Auckland? Yes, Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um and then down to Himatangi Beach. Oh. Um and then yes, we've kinda lived around and then down to the west coast of South Island and up to Nelson. So that's essentially (laughs) <laughs> With a whole lot of other places from, yeah, back, yeah. from the top of the North Island down and everywhere in
0: between. It's funny when you like, like from personal experience, when you try and like cast memory back to, to when you were younger and things like that, and your you, your mind's pretty funny at picking out different highlights. Or mm. it's because it's not always, I guess, what other people would call like standout big things. Sometimes yep. it's like the smallest weirdest little things you remember along yeah, the way yeah, traveling yeah. around so much what mm. were some of those those small kind of things yeah, that i yeah. suppose like your sister or your dad mm-hmm. might not remember yeah, or might yeah. think was pretty minuscule is anything mm. you could think of that actually had a big impact on you probably yeah. coming through
1: um because, i it's a
0: tough question yeah, because you probably think of them like when you're sitting by yourself not yeah, when someone's yeah, actually yeah. asking you
1: yeah it's actually an interesting one because i have been unpacking that because i sort of think I blocked out a lot of my childhood mm-hmm. um because yeah I think there was quite a lot of quite painful things that happened mm. and I think because I'm a um you know I'm an introvert but I'm also you know I'm a bit of both yeah, um, you can adapt yeah yeah I can adapt but because I was um wasn't included um I was always standing back and watching people um and where was I going with that
0: do I <laughs> we we'll go wherever it takes you. Well, well, the um, question I asked anyway yeah, was yeah. about like small random things yeah, you remember yeah. from... Yeah, so yeah. I
1: I had actually blocked out most of my memories before I was think I was seven, but I think it was just out of protection for myself yeah. because I found it. So I don't really have a whole heap of memories, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> um, but the memories that I do have are in nature pretty much you know they're just moments of running down sand hills and um i had this random one of going dad had found this at the dump he used to find stuff at the dump and sell that and dig up old bottle sites and things like that cool. and sell the bottles and um so he found this, yeah he found this hang glider and he would fixed it up and we had i had this memory of like hanging off the hang glider and God knows how safe or unsafe it would have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, hanging down and, and, like, strapped into this sheepskin, like, jumping off a sand, gl- sand dune. And, and hovering just, for yeah, a little bit. Like hovering That's for a amazing. Bit. <laughs> yeah, so I have that memory. And just little snippets, you know, like, waterfalls, which I don't even know where they are, and just driving through beautiful gorges. And, you know, for me, nature is my thing. So that was my, my sanctuary, and they were my friends, The you know, out in nature and the, the ocean and stuff. So that's my memories of just moments
0: in nature yeah yeah so on the flip side i asked you about you know some of the things that um you went through as a kid that were you were made to feel ashamed about or not feel so great about Mm. in retrospect now looking back on those things how have they turned into your strengths Mm. or how they turned into an asset for you yeah
1: yeah so yeah that being a um, watcher is has been really really great for me um because i tend to really enjoy watching people but it means I can read people I'm like an awesome listener because I've you know tend to don't say anything you know so yeah um yeah I'm glad you
0: could say that too like so many people that are great listeners are almost ashamed to say they're great listeners Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah so I'm, I, I love I'm, I'm yeah glad that you can own that <laughs> yeah cool. I
1: definitely own that I love being a good listener um and it means that you know people come to you and that's you know that's i'm a theta healer and i you know love that about being a healer is that i can hold that space for people because i can truly hear them and you know people need to be heard um so that they can acknowledge what's going on so yeah and compassion you know and forgiveness of just you know all the people who i've met in my life and those who um you know, didn't accept me. You know how mm. you know I can just see it for what it is. That, you you know those behaviours passed down for the, from the appearance. Um, and you know down that they just that they thought that I wasn't worth being a friend because um you know the what I look like. Basket. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I had no shoes and I wore ragged clothes and had a weird home and <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs>
0: yeah. So is it quite like are you quite mindful of those? things like as you said you've done a lot of self-unpacking yeah so going through Mm is it do you relive a lot of those traumas doing that
1: um well I find that when stuff is really quick and easy to shift and it's not actually very painful it can be um all it needs to be done is just to be acknowledged I think is the main thing if you can acknowledge something and just go there and just be like Wow, that really hurt. Like if I've got a memory, you know, I've got this one memory of um these girls at school, this went on like five or six, and um one of them said something like, Um, Oh, I like your shorts and um I've just got these brand new shorts and I've like never had brand a brand new yeah, pair of yeah. anything before and I was so Dad proud used to of them. Recycle yeah, stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was so proud of them and then they um and I had a moment of being able to speak up and say, Oh yeah, I love them. And they said something really horrible back. And, you know, my world just crumbled in Mm. that moment. Because I was like, oh, (laughs) these are like, this was like my moment of being accepted. Because I had these cool ass shorts that everyone's going to like me because I've got new clothes suddenly. Um, Yeah, but going back to that moment, you know, Mm. just acknowledging yourself as like a child at five and how much that would have hurt at the time. Sometimes it's just a matter of just holding that space for yourself and being like, wow. That really hurt and then you've done that and it's released you yeah. know so much of the time we just don't want to go there because we just we hold that story around it of how much it's Im- impacted our life but it's just a matter of just ignore just un- almost like unlocking pulling the top off those feelings and just letting them rise and disappear
0: do you think that's a common theme like we're so risk averse now that people don't like that's that is the hardest part, mm. isn't it? Like just acknowledging in the first place. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. I think if we, uh, I say like acknowledgement is kind of ninety percent of your healing. Um, and also we tend to think that healing is long winded, and we're gonna you know fall into this big hole, and it's gonna you know be painful, and because we hold such a story around it, and there's so much energy around holding the story, mm. um, that. It feels
0: like that the actual thing's going to be even worse. I call it the boogeyman theory. So yeah, it's yeah. like when, you, when you're a kid and you get told about the boogeyman, you imagine it to be the worst thing ever. But then yeah. when you actually like see a picture or a personification yeah, of the boogeyman, yeah. you're kind of like, oh, is that, is that it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's all like hype yeah. and kind yeah. of what you create in your mind and what you say in the story mm. that you base around. The boogeyman creates yeah. this massive fear out of something that's probably not even... That bad, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. So how did you end up in Taranaki?
1: Taranaki. So my husband's from here. Um, mm. so we met down, and we both went to Canterbury Uni. Okay. Um, and yeah, his parents are from here. He's kind of born and bred here. So yeah. So as opposed to here.
0: you, who's travelled a bit <laughs> and stuff, he's just stayed put. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, aside yeah. from uni, yeah, obviously.
1: Yeah, And then we went over to Olds and had my first daughter and um, and then, uh, yeah, came back here to be around um family and friends and nature basically
0: yeah what what took you to australia was it was it chasing money like a lot of us do go over there or? um
1: it was actually um my husband did a music sound engineering course over there um so that was where the closest place to do it was and we just wanted to do something else yep. <laughs> um which turned out to be um making money which was a perk because we could buy a block of land quite easily with you know both saving and things yep. like that but yeah it was for me it was a empty place in the way of hard to make friends and um just a concrete jungle I miss nature Where were you? In, Green- in Melbourne oh, yeah. so it was fun while we were single while well, it was just me and him without yep. um, our daughter but yeah as soon as you're trying to raise a family there um it's just doesn't have the beauty I
0: find a lot of Kiwis they they come home after a while especially around when they have kids yeah um, a lot of them I've, that I've spoken to have said that it, yeah, it's, uh, it's two things it's definitely that nature aspect mm-hmm. obviously Australia has their own gains nature and stuff as well they have a lot mm-hmm. of unique things that you can't get around the world yeah. and some picturesque landscapes Um, But I guess when you're not brought up... So, like, for me, I hated it when I lived there that I couldn't just wind down the window to get some fresh air. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes it was so hot, you'd Mm. better keep it up and just flicking on the air con.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But also family is a big thing that pulls Mm. people home. Like, I know that a big part of the reason I came home is I just didn't want to be the uncle that showed up at Christmas with expensive presents. So I wanted to come here and see nieces and nephews sprout Mm. up and things like that. So with your... I'm just, I guess, thinking of the cuff here, but with... Like your family traveling together, being mm. so because it sounds like you guys are pretty tight knit growing up, is that?
1: Yeah, well, yes and no, mm-hmm. because it was a lot of my parents were going through a lot of their own battles, um, which you obviously
0: don't see when you're younger. No,
1: um, and that created a lot of disconnection, and so um, it wasn't, I wasn't connected to my parents. Um, yeah, I was very much a loner in lots of respects my older sister who was six years older she kind of like was my mother figure um and then when my parents split up when I was about nine um you know she really took on that role because mum was suddenly a single mum with three girls and having to work two jobs and um it was you know up to her and us to you know make stuff happen make dinner and all of that sort of stuff so yeah me and my sisters are really close and um our, my relationship with my parents are now really close, but it's been a lot. It's been a journey back yeah,
0: to sure. that. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about that. Then, yeah. like I was eight when my parents separated, yeah. so similar sort yeah, of yeah, ages yeah. when you're separated. What were some of the changes and things that you saw?
1: Yeah. Um, they s- separated in really um. Like a they were really there was a lot of anger okay. um and there was a lot of, you know, like um plates being smashed against walls and, you know, it was it wasn't very nice the the similar, air leading so up relate. to it. Yeah. yeah. So it was very um it was like a relief in that way of there was there wasn't the fighting anymore, which yeah. was really nice. Um but it was you know, me and my dad were close in the way of that we were both we're so similar. Um, whereas me and mum are worlds apart. We're, you know, I can see our similarities now and we've we've connected in the ways that we're similar. It's crazy. It's like I'm
0: hearing my own story yeah, yeah. and being told to myself. Oh, yeah. I love
1: that. Um, Yeah, so it was like when he left, it was somebody who I could deeply relate to, even though it wasn't a connection in how we talked. But, um, you know, it was, it was really hard, him, you know, not having somebody who... I could understand you mm-hmm. know who was like the reflection of myself yep. yeah so um yeah does that answer yeah, yeah. The
0: question? <laughs> w- with like because a lot of people I speak to who have gone through um families what, what do you call it broken families really yeah, broken yeah. homes I hate the term but yeah it's yeah, yeah. the commonly known <laughs> phrase yeah um they speak about how much that time in their life actually taught them Mm. did you is there any lessons that you think you mm. took from your parents separating yeah, at, yeah that kind of time yeah um
1: I am I see um like it was very um I'm glad that they separated because they just didn't work together anymore mm. you know
0: is it strange to think of them together they were to get like together now yeah 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 they
1: yeah they, yeah, and yeah, yeah really yeah <laughs> Um, Like, for
0: example, like for me, when my parents separated, I think it taught me as I got older that things can go to shit at any time. Yeah, yeah. And so I wouldn't say be prepared, but don't be surprised Mm. either. I think it made me a lot more, quote unquote, world ready.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That not everything's perfect and not everything can, whereas, you know, I know friends, well, not even friends, but just people I've come across in my life that... Had their their home, their home life's like pretty picturesque or TV mm. family-ish. Yeah. Um, that they, when things do kind of rattle them, they get really rattled. Mm. Whereas I found that people who have gone through that broken home scenario, mm. they seem a bit more, I don't want to say tough, but a bit more sturdier when they get yeah. a bit knocked off track. Do you yeah, reckon yeah. there's some sort of element there Yeah, yeah, you've been through? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely was always quite conscious of how much better they were off separated um because you could see how much freer they were and obviously the fighting stopped um but you know they were both pursuing their own thing suddenly and yeah that's the same thing it does it's always i guess things are can always change you know you can always you know the Whole fairy tale lovers forever, you know. People you change, um, you do change over time, and sometimes you do fall out of love and you grow apart, and things happen in your life that change you completely. So, um, nothing sort of forever, um, yeah, but that's not in a like a cynical way, it's more in a realistic way that you know we we change.
0: (laughs) Sounds like it's taught you a bit of gratitude, you know, like kind of really hone in and enjoy what you have where you have it sort of thing just one you're talking tell yeah, me if yeah. I'm wrong but yeah
1: yeah no I'm, I'm a bit of a gratitude freak
0: yeah
1: it's <laughs> yeah, no. a bit of a hot word
0: at the moment yeah, but we'll, yeah, we'll get yeah, on to that yeah, shortly yeah, as well yeah um so you went to Canterbury for uni what did you study at uni
1: yeah I studied marine biology so oh, crazy. yeah 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 um and environmental science so I did it under a biological sciences degree but did a double major so um yeah
0: and do you use that degree at all well
1: I use it not in well I kind of do now but I've I've made it into something definitely used it recently (laughs) yeah yeah definitely used it recently but I've I've instead of you know going and getting a marine research job or something like that I've pretty much um you know I go around to schools and I teach them about um plastic pollution marine plastic pollution and i've just taken that passion for the ocean and i've put it through you know brought it through for my work and created something out of it so um it, i've created my own version of, of what i do with my degree
0: yeah, yeah. perfect <laughs> yeah. so uh, moving on to that stuff mm. it's kind of hard to pigeonhole you into one thing which i love which <laughs> I, I hate it when people get put into a sandbox so it's cool but how did that all begin? Like, so I guess to explain to people listening, yeah. like your, your massive journey into being a bit of a um, rogue environmentalist, for lack yeah, of a yeah. better term, like you kind of see problems in the world and you're doing your best to fix them in your own way, yeah. which is brilliant. But how did that all begin? Was that something yeah. you started You know, while you were younger or was it something yeah, that yeah, came yeah. later in yeah, life? Yeah. Or?
1: Um, yeah, very much always like I said, the ocean, that was, like, my safe place, um, you know, being at the beach, and being, we always live by the beach, um, and that was my escape place, um, as, or just a place where I always felt safe, so I guess, you know, I just was born, um, as, in fact, my, um, my name, Lorella, is named after a mermaid. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think I was always um always that way inclined, and you know, always had every you know my bed was filled with every soft toy of <coughs> um of whale and seal and dolphin and things like that. So yeah, was always a pa- very passionate about the ocean and sea creatures. So.
0: So what were the first kind of steps that you took towards this um, I don't know what would you call it activism yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah, totally hate that word yeah (laughs) I don't know it's (laughs) important no no it is but it's only it is a, it's the perfect word for it and it's just me because I think of activism is quite going against another person which I really dislike um but yeah which is why I don't usually use the word activism in what I do but it is what would you use um (laughs) don't even know i never know what to call myself i just call myself like a um plastic educator because that's the only way i could describe you know more holistically what i do um but how did um how did yeah so i was i grew up you know my parents always you know took care of the earth as well and so we always did beach cleans and things like that and um so i was doing i do that with my children and you know right from the start and yeah, it was just one day, me and the kids and um, my husband were all down at the beach and down at East End, and I had my bag and I was collecting plastic, and it was one of those like really amazing days where you know the it's twinkling and it's you know just warm and lovely and and you know you've got the breeze and everything's going on yeah. and um and I can feel
0: that with gratitude <laughs> when pop up,
1: yeah and. I was, you know, picked up. so I had this bag full of plastic that I collected, and, you know, the day before I'd been down, collected, because every day I'd try and get down and do a beach clean of some sort, and I was just so struck with sadness, um, because here I was with another bag of rubbish on another tide, and I knew tomorrow I'd have another one the next day, mm. and just watching the kids just screaming up and down the beach in happiness and like just you know what are we leaving them and is this even going to be there when you know for my grandchildren and um yeah so I sat on the rocks and just like bawled my eyes out and um was just allowed myself to kind of sink into that sadness Mm -hmm. um and then I was just like "Mm, I need to do more (laughs) so um That's when I started rethinking plastic revolution. I went went home that night and started thinking of names and made it created a Facebook page and just knew that I just needed to spread that passion that I felt for um, cleaning up the planet, basically, um, and protecting the earth um, in some way. And I've just sort of it's just organically grown from there. So, yeah, if that
0: answers. (laughs) So what? What's the elevator pitch then for for the plastic revolution? What you what you're trying to achieve? Like, yeah. I mean, you don't have to give me like yeah, a quick yeah. pitch. It can be as long as you like. Yeah, what yeah, What's yeah. the goal? What's the yeah aim?
1: yeah. Um, basically, it's about becoming conscious of the plastics that we're using, um, and knowing that we're all the same. We're all in this together. We're all I create plastic as well as you. You know, but we all have to, um you know, work together to turn things around, um, that we're all kaitiaki tanga. you know, we all are um, here to protect the earth and the ocean and the air um, and the land and that we are all, you know, it is part of us to protect the earth. That's like what we're here for as mm-hmm. well as all of our other stuff. But we are, you know, humans are earth protectors. Um, that's what I believe anyway. Yep. Um, and a lot of um you know, a lot of cultures believe that as well. It's not just a, my own thing. <laughs> um and yeah, that through our actions is that, you know, we can turn this mess around basically. So yeah, it's a it's a big it's a big
0: yeah, yeah, big <laughs> there's, there's
1: lots there's lots of messages in what I do, but essentially yeah, it's becoming conscious and it's doing so through connecting to the earth and each other, um, and ourselves because, you know, it's, it's a complicated kind of thing, um, in how we are at the moment, um, living quite unconsciously and living quite disconnected and mm-hmm. um, you know, we really have to slow things down and take it back and bring that connection back before we can, you know, really make changes.
0: Sweet. So I'm going to ask you some stuff, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, if, uh, if you are asked in a group, in a room full of people, it, yeah. pro- I'm sure you'd be kind of mindful of what you say. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, there might be part of you that doesn't want to come across as an airy-fairy hippie or whatever. Yeah, like that, yeah, But yeah. I, s- I want you to know that I hold no judgment. So I'm actually excited to learn. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that, um, you know, people, in your own opinion, or from your research and, and other cultures believe it too, that we are that humans are guardians of the land Mm -hmm. why do you think that
1: it's not it's just a feeling it's i just feel it and you know it's just i just come back to it it's almost like it's just a knowing and, and a knowing and i think that is what in all the teachings you know if it's american indian or if it's maori or if it's um any sort of indigenous peoples which essentially we're all indigenous. We all come we all have roots at a tribal at some stage. Mm-hmm. And we all at one stage back in history um lived with the earth um and in harmony with the earth. And so we all it's just in our it's in our ancestry, it's in our blood, it's in our bones, you know, I just it's in our hearts more than anything. So I guess the more you connect with the earth the more you start connecting into that and feeling it. Yep. You know, like the more you spend time out in nature, that's when you're inclined to want to protect it. And that's kind of that heart feeling that, I'm, that I feel, that I see in other people as well, and what I hear and what I read and, yeah.
0: Yep. <laughs> so for what leads you to believe that we've become disconnected or that people yep. have, because you've mentioned a few times now yeah, that yep. we've gotten away from that kaitaki kaitakitanga yep. and stuff like What are some stuff that... I guess, really, because I know you must have some exact examples or some things that yep. really put you on your heartstrings, some stuff that pisses you off. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. As most people who are passionate about something do. So what yep. are some of those things that you think that mankind have gotten a bit away from?
1: Yeah. I think it's the um, distractions um away from... Like, we've all got stuff that we need to deal with basically. <laughs> um, and it's really easy to keep busy. And so, when we're busy, you know, we work not hard. About it. Yeah. And so, we're distracted, we come home, we watch TV, or we go on social media, or we shop, or we drink, or we do whatever with all these distractions that are keeping us away from dealing with the things that we're not dealing with. Um, and. Those things, though, make us fall into all that disconnection and instead of being out in nature or slowing things down and, and living more simply and maybe not, um, you know, not having time to prepare meals and grow, grow food or swap food or go to markets or, you know, those things that really do nourish us mm-hmm. um, and are good for us and connect us to other people as well and ourselves and the earth, um, instead we're sort of like in this busy 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 um but why you know why well, we, are a, we busy that, from? that's the
0: question i was going to ask you how do you think we've gotten to that point is, yeah. it, is it mass commercialism do you think consumerism what, what and obviously you don't have the answer yeah, yeah. Um, but you must have an opinion yeah
1: yeah so yeah.
0: what are some things you think that yeah. has happened to lead us to this yeah, point yeah. we become so disconnected
1: yeah i think this yeah i mean it's it's multi-faceted i think yeah, yeah. but um i think essentially it's not wanting to slow down slow down and face whatever's going on inside Mm -hmm. um because essentially oh if we if we have those if we have our needs sort of filled which you know like our our deep needs for connection um i know i've mentioned that word about ten thousand times that's good Um, and for you know um whatever else that we that our core needs are you know um if we slow down and if those are fulfilled, then we don't need the other stuff. You know, you might just need um friendship around you or um you know conversation or um whatever that might be or um. But when we are busy, um, we're not tapping into those needs and and then the healing part of it. Sorry, the um what we're distracting ourselves from you know like we're all carrying shit. (laughs) we're all going through the same stuff it might be in different you know um grief for example um we're all grieving something some in some people it's you know actually the loss of somebody close to us other people it's the loss of um you know something that seems in um consequential or something you know like the loss of a job or something like that but essentially we all feel the same stuff you know we're all going through the same stuff and um if we're not if we don't slow down and face that stuff then that's where you just keep in that busy mode to distract yourself from going into dealing it yeah dealing with it which you know going back to you know it's actually quite simple and quick and well I won't say simple you know it's a practice but um yep. yeah yeah um, totally, probably, just because sim- <laughs> simple
0: and easy are two different things, yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, like yeah, Yeah. like it's not easy, but it's it's simple to do, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
1: it can be, yeah, it c- definitely can be quick, and it can be joyful as well, it actually can be joyful, I think that's something that I've changed my tune with over the years, I did some really hilarious, joyful healing last, a couple of weeks ago, which was so funny,
0: um, <laughs> right before I ask you what those are though <laughs> yeah before I get share us what, <laughs>
1: which
0: uh, i the, the, the hilarious <laughs> healing I like that I like that term. <laughs> where, hilarious <laughs> healing could start a workshop we call it hilarious healing yeah um they've talked about like you know we need to reconnect we need to yeah. reconnect yeah. how can people reconnect yeah and...
1: yeah yeah so i think pausing is the biggest thing that we can do um you can start super 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 um easy and just you know like every morning i wake up you know you wash your face and you know i just look at myself in the mirror and i'm just like right how do i feel it's just that pause that you know tiny little pause of checking in with yourself um and wondering if you do have energy that day or what you you know what your body needs and um you'll soon find the answers so it's that pause everything that you do if you can take a pause you know through while you're working and get outside um yeah i think that when we pause we can reconnect because it's you know it's not just reconnecting with nature but it's also with ourselves and with each other as well yep yeah
0: cool what else what is, so there's so yep, pausing yep, as well yep, yep. Is anything
1: pausing. Else? um oh, getting out of nature definitely like that's massive like how can we protect something when we're not connected to it you know when we're not spending time in nature so i think about children as well being you know if if we want them to um continue to protect the earth um they need to be out in nature and experiencing it and feeling it and knowing what they are um protecting and what they're grateful for that you know this beautiful place that we live um so yeah spending time without um, distractions, you know, out in nature, not sitting, lying out in the field with your phone or something, but actually, you know, deeply connecting with, with nature, you know, being out and and experiencing the beauty, yeah.
0: yeah. So do you have things kind of a, a implanted mm-hmm. into your, I don't know whether you call it subconscious or like your, yeah. your routine that you make sure you do, or like a bit of a checklist that you have to make sure you are... I don't want to say on top of your game because no one's yeah, ever hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent of the time. But yeah. and just to make sure you are doing those things, like so you've, I, you've you pause, you mentioned your pause, you get out in nature. What else do you have on your list yeah, of stuff yeah. to, to make yeah, sure yeah, you're? Yeah,
1: um, I definitely used to um when it wasn't second nature um to you know connect in with yourself um, but you know I yeah definitely used to have things that I used to do like the you know. The practices that you do um just help you create those habits yeah to create the habits but then they sort of come naturally when it feels good um yeah so yeah being out in nature and connecting with yourself yeah taking the pauses um oh, i can't really so
0: so say i'm starting out day yeah. one and i want yeah, to start yeah. connecting a bit yeah, more. Yeah, but um what, what what sort of advice would you give give me to, to be able to get this done so I'm going to pause for a bit in the morning when I'm washing my oh, face right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to connect it yeah, yeah. out in nature is there anything else that to make sure that I stick to these yeah yeah it's going to help me out just little things yeah, and what yeah, do I need yeah. to be mindful of too yeah, I guess because yeah, yeah. I know when whenever people take on a new habit they can really bully themselves in mm. their own mind like oh yeah, you're useless yeah. you didn't do that today yeah, oh you forgot yeah, to yeah. do this um, you know, like I caught up with um a nutritional coach not long ago, mm-hmm. um, who we had an episode with and she speaks about, you know, when people try and stick to a diet and they might miss something or yeah, something yeah. doesn't go out, they something doesn't have the plan, they really um feel bad for feeling bad. Sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, and it becomes yeah, quicksand. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what sort of things do people need to be mindful? Of? What yeah, advice yeah, would you have for people that go through that yeah, when they're yeah. when they're trying to yeah, yeah. connect more? Yeah,
1: definitely that um self forgiveness and uh, acceptance of yourself and where you're at is massive i guess in that respect um yeah knowing that we're all no one's got it together everyone gets it wrong everyone messes up and stuffs up constantly um yeah. even the best of the best um and yeah
0: um is it funny on that note like talking about how no one's ever got yeah. together we mentioned before about when you're younger and you look up to your parents and they look like they've got it all together yeah is there sort of some moments that you can think of when you kind of grew up and you kind of look back on mum and dad or even maybe your sister and think, yeah. I thought they had that sort of, but <laughs> now that I know that they really didn't. Because I th- honestly think of so many things. Like I remember one time when my dad forgot to pick me up from school. Yeah, yeah. And at yeah. the time he was, I can't even remember what his excuse was, but I remember at the time I didn't think anything of it because, mm. you know, it's my dad. I trust my yeah, dad. Yeah, he yeah. Something happened, I had to wait a bit. But then yeah. when I look back on it in retrospect, It's actually really funny. I can see the office ladies and the people that were waiting with me for him to pick me up were actually freaking out because he was super super late, (laughs) and I didn't pick up on that at the time because like. You know, I my um measuring stick was dad. Yeah. If yeah. he's freaking out, I'm freaking out. And If yeah, he's cool yeah. and he's calm, I'm cool and calm too. So oh, I was sweet because he played it off like it was no big mm. deal. Probably in his head thinking, Oh man, I really stuffed up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I saw the ladies freaking out. Um, that's obviously pretty light hearted. Yeah, In comparison yeah, to yeah. probably some things, but is there any sort of moments that stick out when you look back at your mum and dad and think, Hang on a minute.
1: I. Most of the time, they didn't have their shit together, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, I my older sister was the parent and then i became the parent when she left home so um even now i'm still the parent um yep. <laughs> with my parents i so will kind of let that go but um <laughs> yeah so oh, i could name every day of <laughs> my upbringing it was, it, and was, it was more
0: rare if it didn't happen there, yeah yeah yeah, yeah if they happen. had their shit
1: together that's yeah that's pro- that might stand out for me but ah, oh, yeah constantly things just like that and more so you know
0: how did that play into you being a parent yourself? Do you think? <clears throat> um.
1: Yeah, well. Did it
0: even or did it not? Surely there must be something. Yeah, you could yeah, yeah, From it. Or yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um. I don't want you throwing your parents under the bus too. So <laughs> I understand that you've got to think about how you word things. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, no, no. Not that um, they will listen. But yeah, yeah yeah i mean that's the whole parenting thing is when you get that opportunity to look at all the things that did and didn't work um and rewrite you know you've got that chance to rewrite all the stuff that hurt that they did um or felt wrong um and then you know be grateful for the times all the things that were great and keep that going and own, you know honor that in them um so yeah like I always, whenever I talk to schools and stuff, i the always tell stories about you know how grateful I am that you know my dad used to take me on beach cleans every day because it's something that I you know can can see how cool that is and how that's flowed Had through. A effect, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, that's a, I've just done a good job of not answering your questions. No, no, so well no, no, all
0: good. <laughs> so you're you're doing well. I know you think you're not answering much, but you're just you're putting stuff in there, so it's all good. <laughs> But, um, moving on to like the healing side of it, how mm-hmm. did you begin that journey into healing yourself? Yeah, with? yeah. Because yeah. I find two ways, like, it's very rare that people come willingly. Yeah. It almost gets to a point where you're like, fuck, I need to do this. Yeah, otherwise yeah, Otherwise it's yeah. going to fucking ruin me. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
0: was that the case with you or did you kind of... Yeah, like, yeah.
1: well, obviously, obviously my parents were very spiritual, so mm-hmm. I did grow up with that as you know knowing that side of things um although I did push it aside because that was one of those weird things that wasn't accepted so I saw yeah. that as a negative but I mean even I had a naming ceremony when I was born um, which was essentially this spiritual um you're given your name and it's blessed and um you know and Even that in itself, that naming ceremony was very much a spiritual thing. So I've kind of grown up with that as like right from day dot. Um, But like I say, I did push that side away and um, I saw it as quite a, you know, I didn't really want to know that side. And mum watching that and seeing how it was perceived by other people. Um, But my daughter, she had really um, bad allergies, my first daughter. Um, and so we took her to heaps of natural healers and things like that to unpack what it was that was, you know, to try and heal her from the inside out basically and emotionally and spiritually as well. Um, and so it was going through and healing her that I started, you know, obviously I was meeting all these people, um, and natural modalities, healing modalities and, um, started, you know, working on myself at the same time. So it was through, you know, through her that I started coming back to and seeing, you know, the healing that was unfolding and, and then following that through to me. So did you get
0: away from your spiritual side kind of as a whole? Did you form a minute there? Or no, it was just certain um, things that you kind of, for lack as, of a better term, suppressed?
1: Yeah, by? yeah, definitely. Oh, I was... Um, so when we moved to Nelson from the west coast that was when we sold the bus and the TPS. and when we moved up to Nelson we brought none of that with us so it was like a new beginning in a way of all that side so nobody knew all the parts that I was once shunned about so that side was like locked and put away so that no one knew that my parents were weirdos and (laughs) people might like me and in actual fact I did make friends for the first time um so, yeah, I definitely pushed all of that side away. And, you know, when my parents would, you know, when my mum would have a friend over and had, there was a house truck parked and the it was be like, right, all right, everyone, we got to go. Like, didn't want anyone to know mm-hmm. that side of me. Um, yeah, so it was very, very, very hidden. So I did. I mean, I saw it as a... You know a negative because yep. you weren't accepted if you were
0: wed <laughs> it was attached it was attached to the yeah, to yeah. trauma you went yeah, through yeah, as a kid yeah, so yeah. you just trying to protect yourself and probably trying to protect your children too yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: because you didn't want them to go through yeah. what you went through yeah. so you alluded to so you helping your daughter out you yeah, kind yeah. of coming back into the fold what, yeah. what happened next
1: so i yeah obviously i was starting to be introduced to all this i was doing on my own sort of healing but in natural sort of ways and spiritual sort of ways i was doing a lot of self sort of you know like even when I was um, like breastfeeding my son at night there was like an hour where I'd just sit was before you'd have the iPhone or anything like that mm-hmm. so you sat there with nothing um, for like an hour and I'd just sit there and I'd kind of meditate I guess but I'd visualize you know I'd, if somebody was unhappy or sick or something I'd visualize doing healings for them and I'd just visualize different things and I guess I just sort of just naturally was just unfolding that gift, um, which we've all got, but you know, for me, that was focusing on that. Um, and yeah, then I just started like, you know, books would come into my realm, you know, I'd walk into a bookstore and someone would be like, oh, you need this book, I reckon it would be this like crazy as book about real, out of it stuff that would have all this amazing information in it. And, and yeah, I just started putting it out there um, as in literally, like, saying stuff out loud, like, all right, give me a sign, and then I'll see a sign, and it was all this out of it as stuff was starting to happen, and I just followed it.
0: <laughs> so, as someone who follows signs, do you yeah. believe in coincidences, or no, or yes, some, and some, some uh, things No, I,
1: I reckon everything's there for a reason, yeah, mm-hmm. it's all, it's. Yeah, I'm
0: not big on coincidences. <laughs> no, no, because I, I, it's very rare. I like, see so me and myself, and it might be the Libra in me, perhaps. Yeah. But like, yeah. I, I believe in some coincidences, but then I yeah. also believe in the reason that things happen. Whereas yeah. I find with my friend groups or family, even, yeah. I've got some people that are like, no, coincidences are coincidences. <laughs> Other people are like, there's no such thing. Yeah. I haven't yeah, really yeah. met too many people that kind of believe in both, but yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. I know, like, my own strengths and weaknesses and I know one of them is that I'm easily convinced or yeah so I could be like uh, it could be a situation where I believe some parts of this but then I also believe some parts of that where sometimes I just need to sit down and make up my own mind but but you're saying and you're kind of on team yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah. I mean there's always there's always other stuff but Mm -hmm. um (laughs) yeah generally when something happens it's happening for you know it's happening
0: yeah. It's funny too as well, eh? like I think like a lot of things you, like kind of at the time strike has been coincidental and then yeah. it could be like two months, yeah, three yeah, years, yeah. whatever, like five yeah. years down the track yeah. you go, Oh, that's why that happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then
0: it's no longer coincidental. Yeah, so, yeah. well that's my perspective on yeah, yeah. things anyway.
1: I'm like alarm bell rings straight away, I'm like, Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a lot of things I'm guessing like some people say some stuff and do you ever get accused of looking at things too deeply?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but I just laugh at myself now because that's who I am. I am a deep sort of and I've tried to lighten up a lot more and I have, um, mm-hmm. you know, I have become a lot more lighter rather than quite so serious about things and stuff like that. But I mean, that's who I am. I am a deep as person and I thrive off like deep conversations and, um and yeah just accepted that about myself and and kind of own it now and that's that's okay you know I'm not like a light sort of person you know and it really puts some people off but that's okay you know it's just oh wow that's me (laughs) some
0: people like it some people don't yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: some people aren't ready for it yeah like I know once upon a time I would have I would have never done this you know I've never had a podcast where I'm trying to unearth people's deepest yeah, and darkest yeah, yeah. to show other people that vulnerability is okay. Yeah. Like I was very much what I call a small talker. Like, yeah. hey, yeah. how you doing? How's it yeah, going? How yeah, blah, 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 the all, <laughs> like all that sort of thing, you know. Whereas I've never really cared about rugby, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. But, you know, i am in there because it's got to be relevant to 80% of people you talk yeah, to. Yeah. Uh, hilarious. Yeah, so yeah. Um, you've also mentioned a little bit there about affirmations or saying things aloud. Yeah. Is, that, is that a practice that you... Um, commit to. Or yeah.
1: Um. What? When I was saying, saying things out loud, mm-hmm. it was more. Um. So. Or putting it out there. Think, yeah. Put it. Yeah, years, yeah. Putting it out there, as in asking. You know. Um. I. When I didn't know what I wanted to do, I knew that I ne- wanted. I was really drawn to the healing. Um, and I didn't know. <clears throat> what that was gonna be, so I was like literally out loud one day. I was like, "All right, give me a sign what I should be doing," <laughs> and um, and then so I was literally like looking around the billboards and stuff for the rest of the day, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and didn't see anything. <laughs> and then funnily enough, that night, um, my mother in law came and came over for a visit like seven at night and handed me this flyer and was like, "Ah." Um, I thought you might be interested in this, and it was like a theta healing um pamphlet, and I'd never heard of it before, but I knew exactly what it was. You know, it was just, and then I ended up doing that course and have been a theta healer ever since. So, you know, that is in the way of you know kind of asking things. In that way, you know, showing me a sign, sort of thing, you know, and then suddenly you see a shooting star or a rainbow appears or something, and um, you're like, yes, confirmation. Thank you. (laughs) Um. Yeah, that's what I meant by the by the signs rather than... I've oh, been to
0: ask you about this then, about the theta healing. Yeah. What is it and, uh, and what does it involve?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's such a hard, brilliant question to yeah. answer. Or well, what, what's like, your perspective? Yeah, yeah. It's essentially, so theta healing, is an energetic healing. Um, it's, you know, like if you think of Reiki, um, but it's not hands-on. It's very much a, um, you know, energetic type. It's a lot of it is like delving into beliefs and and things that are sort of blocking or holding us back from you know manifesting joy and abundance and um all the things you know that um we want and um yeah bringing out our best best side yeah yeah <laughs> um and, perfect yeah 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 that was that was natural um <laughs> it
0: wasn't rehearsed yeah
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so that's what a lot of it is is unlocking all that stuff because you know we hold obviously we're holding beliefs not only of our own sort of from childhood and mm-hmm. stuff like that but you know we're holding ancestral beliefs from you know our parents and grandparents and right back and you know there's from the land as well, you know, if you think of Kiwis, lots of us have got this tall, tall poppy belief that we shouldn't do better than anyone else and other people shouldn't do better than us and, yeah. you know, just releasing all that stuff that is just preventing us from, you know, loving life and, and being healthy and, and thriving, basically.
0: And how long have you been doing that for now?
1: Um, probably about five years, I reckon.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. And did you and on the flip side, have you, you've you've had a lot of the healing done on you as well, as yeah. well as performing it? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm yeah, guessing yeah. that's part of. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know yeah, anything about yeah, it, yeah. but I'm I'm just assuming yeah, that that's yeah, part yeah, of the process yeah. of becoming a tutor, yeah, or, yeah, or so not a tutor, but a yeah, yeah. a healer yourself. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Lots, lots of that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm trying. To, I can't. I know. I can't ask too much about it because it's obviously unique to each individual <laughs> kind of what it goes through it. Eh? Yeah, but yeah. Can you take me through like a typical like. Okay, so I'm here now, and we're yeah. going to get started, kind yeah, of what, yeah, what happens yeah. from this so, point onwards.
1: Yeah, usually, yeah, somebody usually comes, not always with with something that's on top for them, something
0: that's going on. Um, so I I find honestly like because I like you probably guessed this already. I'll try anything. Yeah, and yeah. I'll, and I'm open minded, <laughs> so I'll do it. Like not, I don't mean that early, I've never had that, but you know yeah. whether it's palms red or anything, yeah. and I don't think I'm carrying anything. But then yeah, I'll bring yeah. something up and I'll go. <laughs> shit i didn't even know that that was going on but yep. it makes sense do you find yeah, that happens yeah. quite a lot? yeah
1: yeah definitely it's um and sometimes someone might come with something and then it's actually something, else. something completely different um mm. yeah so and then it's just a matter of um yeah kind of unpacking and and just healing all those parts around it and yeah yeah so someone comes in they see
0: you and then what's the next step from there
1: so yeah then we talk about we do a lot of talking basically and then so theta is like a brain wave state you know when um you're watching tv or kids are watching tv you're you're like you hello and they're like you know transfixed on that that's they're actually in a theta state there so it's like a really deeply meditative state it's like the the brainwaves, it's like quite a slow, you know, when people in deep meditation, they're in theta brainwave state, which is super, super slow, but that's when you're at your most sort of intuitive, so it's a matter of, you know, being in that state, which, you know, we're trained to, you know, click into that state, um, and being in a deeply receptive state where we can kind of sense, feel, um, you know, receive messages, I guess, um, and and do the healings like that. So, yeah, it's almost like you're sort of without it sounding way too out there, yeah. No honest. such thing. <laughs> um, Yeah, I guess you do um, receive what it is that the person needs to heal and,
0: yeah. And then is it a matter of you communicating to them what needs to be done or can you just go about it?
1: Yeah, and then you just um, heal it, basically. Yeah, it's all quite instantaneous and just ask for it. So it's like the Theta Healer is just vessel you just ask for the healing to be done in it and you witness it being done so a lot of it's you know with my eyes closed and i witness the healing being done when i've asked for it to be done because something has to be witnessed for it to be reality basically yep. yeah so that's a real well, uh, you know it's it's, It means witnessed. it's it um it, you know sometimes it's healing um healing a house you know a house has got something going on that just doesn't feel right and mm-hmm you know, um, or it's land as well, you know, sometimes I'm just like, this feels really, this land feels really like there's pain here, and just asking for a healing to be done, and then, you know, you see stuff being released, that's there, you know, like, especially around here, there's so much. Oh man, so <laughs> I can imagine yeah. there must be a
0: lot around
1: here. <laughs> yeah, so it's very, you know, it's not, it's, it's, there's a lot, that it's not just a matter of yeah, it's not one size, and emotions, pencil. and yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of lots of parts to
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And another thing we've talked about, which I'm glad you brought up, because mm-hmm. I was not even planning on asking you this, but <laughs> it's good that you've brought it up. I've I've been talking to a lot of people recently, um, and they they talk we've been talking have a lot of conversations based around meditation. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned before, that you you get into a meditative state when you're breastfeeding and yeah. and stuff like that. Um. Man, I mean, I'm all about it. It was a game changer for me. I know a lot of people struggle. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is?
1: Well, to be honest, I struggle with actual meditation as well. Yep. Um. I... I think our minds are quite busy. First mm. of all, I think we put an expectation on ourselves that we can't have any thoughts going on, which is really, really tricky. Yeah. Um, but some people are really awesome at it, you know, mm. but um, if you're like me and my head just works, at, you know, I've got always got like 20,000 tabs open sort of thing. <laughs> to think of nothing... It's a great is, analogy. <laughs> yeah, not my own. Um, is Yeah, to think of nothing is really quite hard. But to... Sit and be with yourself and whatever comes up is something which you know that's my interpretation of meditation um, and allowing without any judgment what comes up and I actually like I've always when I've done meditation that's been my form of meditation is pausing for however long it is I was gonna say before when you brought up pausing. yeah yeah and just allowing without judgment whatever comes up and allowing it to pass um, and be acknowledged so that's sort of my interpretation of meditation because that works for me and yep. that's what I've found the most benefit from but other people um, you know they do find I mean meditation for me I go for my run if I go for a big run that's like my best form of meditation because I don't take music or anything with me I just run and be in nature most of the time And you know I'm just like receive all this amazing um information and um if it's about myself and what's going on and what you know or if it's about something else, um so you know other people find meditation and doing pottery or you know but it's just something I think anyway something that brings you to pure presence where you are with. I like
0: that brings you to pure presence (laughs) again. (laughs) Brings you to pure presence. And you mentioned a little bit as well about um, gut instinct or, or intuition.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You obviously think that's important to follow? Very much, yeah. Yep. Why? Yep.
1: Because we. <laughs> your have... tone of voice
0: is like, well, duh, it's obvious. <laughs> no, <laughs> um,
1: it's what guides us, it's our inner guidance system. And we know what's right for ourselves if we're connected into that. Um, you know we've always got the answers um, to everything we always know what's right but we're forever looking for external um, answers yeah. um, so it you know what's right for one person isn't for another and what's right one day is not right for the next day or even minute to you know in seasons and everything we change so, so much that there's only ourselves and our bodies and our inner knowing knows what's right what's best for us yeah so being able to connect into that is like pretty much essential i think to a truly fulfilled life one that we are you know is joyful um and fulfilling and and just incredible basically (laughs)
0: cool so uh, because there's a lot of people that struggle to follow that gut instinct yeah Um, and you you reckon that kind of derives from a lot of that external sort of what will people think or
1: worrying about judgment and
0: all that sort of stuff? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. Like we're always taught to look outside ourselves, you know, and everything we do from doctors and, you know, even right down if you take it right to banking and everything, it's always like somebody else knows better than us. Um, but, Yeah, yeah, but you're, um like your intuition is like a muscle right like it might be you know hard to follow at first but the more you do the more it just becomes natural so it is yeah it's definitely something that if you're not used to following your own gut instinct um and especially I guess a lot of fear as well comes into it um um yeah but i guess the more you practice it the more it becomes easy and
0: the more you can trust it practice practice yeah. practice yeah, it's yeah. been a the theme of our conversation oh, cool. today yeah so i'm going to write that down practice times three <laughs> um so moving on i guess to more recent times so we've <laughs> delved back and got more yeah, of background yeah. on who you are and your <laughs> stuff, which is awesome i'm enjoying the learning um the project at pukehateke at the moment yeah how did that come about and what is it for those people that don't Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's a giant whale <laughs> made out of um, 3,000 plastic bottles. Um, and it is for Plastic Free July, um, which is at the moment. Um, and, yeah, it was a project that myself and the other Plastic Free July Taranaki team um, came out with, and I ended up being the artist by default um, on it, even though I had no experience with building a nine-meter-long whale
0: out of my bottles. It's pretty cool to see. Like, I've seen photos and stuff like that, and then I was like, no, I need to go and check it out myself. It's a lot bigger than what I thought it would yeah, be. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, a lot of people are thinking, that, is it going to blow away? But it's been yeah, pretty yeah. sturdy. We're yeah, all laughing yeah. about that early yeah. on. Um, but yeah, so I guess the practicality of it, so it was an idea, how did things come from Yeah, there?
1: yeah, and then it was, uh, holy shit, what the <laughs> hell have I signed up for? Like, honestly, I can't build a nine metre <laughs> yeah. Um But luckily my husband's very handy with designing and he did the framework um, and then it was up to me to kind of lay the bottles. But um, yeah, we just got lots of, the whole idea was to get kids involved in, You know, we ran workshops with them about plastic pollution and marine plastic pollution and Plastic Free July and, you know, single use plastics and stuff like that. And kaitiaki tanga, you know, actions that we can take to protect the earth. Um, So it was, yeah, it was drawing in kids. So they collected the bottles and they prepared them. And then, yeah, we had a big build day on the leading up to the first and created it all then.
0: Oh, was it all done in one day?
1: Well, it was meant to be done in two days, but <laughs> we ran out of bottles. <laughs> oh. Because um, it took more than, well, we didn't quite, we were about a thousand behind our goal. Um, okay. Which is kind of not to do with not there not being plastic bottles because there is plenty. <laughs> mm. But it was just that, you know, we just didn't happen to get as many as what we, what we anticipated. There was a miscount somewhere. Yeah, yeah, there's a miscount somewhere. So anyway, so it ended up taking a week. Uh, which was one of those blessings because it meant that I was out there each day and I could talk to people and, um, and that was really And what were
0: some up. of the conversations you had with people? What were like some of the things? you must have had many moments of, I guess, both despair because you yeah. probably would have been a bit disheartened that people didn't know certain things. Yeah, but yeah. then you would have had moments of joy too where you have been excited that people knew yeah, more yeah. than probably what you'd think. So yeah, yeah. tell us about some of those yeah. conversations.
1: Um, it was mostly um, just like, wow you know, wild conversations, like people coming up and kids especially, but just all ages actually coming up and being like, wow, you're actually like, this is humongous and look at all those plastic bottles. And it's a, it's that everybody knows that we're in like a really dire situation, not just with plastic, but, you know, in our state of the earth at the moment. Um, but sometimes it just takes that something to bring everyone together and it to be like instead of it being a preaching or a um against sort of a you must do this or a blame yeah. and a shame thing instead it's, you know, like artwork is beauty, you know, and it's emotive and it's so it lets everyone's guards down. So when people come and talk to you, there's no you know, there's no ultimatum, it's just like curiosity, I think it is. Just, you know, and Well that's, you
0: put your own perspective on it. That. Yeah. That's yeah, what's great yeah, about it. Eh? Yeah. So then people can see it and it's an embodiment of what they have they're feeling. Yeah. It's yeah. not them you can give it a piece of paper, read it, that's how it is. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. Look at this, what does it provoke from you?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean a lot of the time it was like kind of sadness, you know, in a way. And and that's that that's great for me because that's obviously like I said when my when I created Rethinking Plastic Revolution, that came from like that sadness of crying on the rocks and yeah. knowing that I had to do more. Um and that's also that facing, you know, facing what's inside. Um and I guess yeah, it was I was able to have lots of those real conversations with people, which was really, really cool because I love connecting with people on that level. So the deep stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the deep deep like the whale.
0: And you even named the whale, is it yes, right? Yes,
1: yep, yeah. yeah. Now Toto. So I did write a book um uh, a few months back um that was about um that carries a me- message about plastic pollution so,
0: is it a kid's book or is
1: it it's a book for all ages um but it's essentially it's a pitch book it's nine pages long with some you know it's. what's not, the book it's, called it's called natoru okay. um and i would like to transform it into a proper book it's just it's just a pdf at the moment okay. um and yeah it's just do people find
0: it online or
1: uh probably only through my pages because yeah. i haven't really got a place for it at the moment yeah um but yeah, it's available to anybody, and it's for to share around. Yeah, it's a sad story. Yep. <laughs> um, it's a deep story, but it's it's quick and it's a, it's for all ages, and it's yeah, it's about this whale that um that has a message about plastic pollution. And you don't want to give it away. No, eh? I'm good. like, oh, uh, I, well. I can't let the, let the, the key message well. away. But it's, it's, I love it. Yep. <laughs> um, and I did actually have it in front of the whale for a while, but it was a bit obviously hard to have a you know, laminated book that gets rained on for a month um, <laughs> yeah, <true. laughs> to stay stay whole. Cool. Um, so it's not there at the moment. But uh, yeah, so that's why he got called Natalie. And so
0: do you think, that um, like you're obviously planning it, doing it and mm-hmm. then now being able to look back at it and then you yeah. have been have to chill out for a bit of, yeah, yeah. and how long has it been since that, like it's been a couple of weeks now. And, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So looking weeks. back on that now, yeah, um,
0: yeah. what's that been like, kind of kicking back and just being yeah, able yeah, to yeah. see yeah. it from afar as yeah, opposed yeah. to dreaming of it because yeah, yeah. there's the three stages, of like, yeah, Yes, you yeah. dream of it yeah. you put it to action and then yeah. now you get to look back on it how, yeah, how's yeah. the experience been overall?
1: That was really quite weird um, <laughs> and it was Four months of like really intense work going into creating it, um, and then suddenly it was all over. And mm. it was just like, and without too much, like literally, me and my husband put on the last strand. And then we're like, and it was like a Monday afternoon, and we were like, okay, there was no done. big crowd, yeah, it's going not in. like champagne bottles smashing on the thing, and you know, like, yeah, heaps of people to witness it. It was very much just a it's done. But, in, but then stepping back at it and looking and just being like, wow, we pulled it off. It wasn't an epic fail. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's beautiful and he's going to be here for a whole month. But yeah, obviously I was pretty tired at the end of it um, and pretty exhausted from putting so much into it. Um, and the conversations you've been having yeah, too. Like yeah, yeah, When yeah. you
0: have deep conversations like you like to do, yep. they're, they're pretty taxing on your energy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, now in retrospect, you know, now that I've had that break of, you know, I'm not tired anymore and I can look back, it's just, yeah, just gratitude really. Um, it's just been really cool to create something that, you know, the community can benefit from and can get something from and can view and can hopefully have an impact and, and then, you know, working with the young people as well. So, yeah, it's just cool, a cool thing to tick off on your on your. On your box of things. Not many
0: people would have that (laughs) on their bucket list. Build a plastic whale nine metres long.
1: Won't do it again.
0: So what happens with it after the month?
1: Yeah, so it is going, I'm not meant to say where it's going yet, Um, (laughs) um, but it has got a forever home in Taranaki that other people will be able to see. So it's really cool. I'm stoked that it's found somewhere because there was a bit of a worry for a while. Like, what do I do if, you know, all the haters around her, you know, trying to, pick holes and things are going to not be happy that it's going to, you know, get Stick recycled. Around. Yeah, yeah. So I was very grateful that it found found a place. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah.
0: Um, and I guess that, that brings us to really the only question that I ask everyone who appears on the podcast, mm-hmm. and that is, you know, there's someone listening to us right now who's going through a bit of a rough time mm-hmm. or they're having a bit of a down period. Mm. And, you know, I think you've given some massive examples already um, as to how you've dealt with things, you know, throughout your life mm-hmm. when it comes to that. But I guess speaking directly to the question, mm. what advice would you have or what would you do or what do you do in your own situation when you have those moments?
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a big question. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm going to answer this and then I'll be like, oh, I so wish I'd said something else. So I... But conversation is the word that is popping up in my head anyway, so I'll just go with that. But, um, you know, to be able to say something out loud just takes so much of the story i guess um off you and just being able to release it through talking to somebody um i know that that's you know it's quite cliche talking Mm. but it's more the being heard um and just releasing it basically so um yeah talking to somebody if that's you know like a friend or if it's your children or you know just like acknowledging exactly what it is that without judgment what you what's happening um is massive i think being able to name something name a feeling or, or you know if it's a actual feeling that you're feeling in your body or if it's a emotion or if it's a thing or if it's you know whatever it is i think as soon as you can name it and acknowledge it it's kind of gets accepted a little bit and that releases a bit of what's going on but yeah I think that key thing with you know you can do that with yourself as well there's something in somebody else hearing and witnessing that.
0: There it is episode 11 of the Best Side Podcast Lorella Doherty taking us through all the different things that have played a big part uh, in her life that has led her to be one of the biggest advocates that I know personally uh, when it comes to looking after the environment, when it comes to looking after each other, and when it comes to bringing down those walls, I guess, that seem to be put up, those barriers of people just not having enough understanding and empathy um, to actually see that we're all going through our own struggles. She's out there doing her thing, walking, The talk uh, that she has spoken with us today. As always, please do check us out on all our social, Instagram, Facebook. Make sure you leave us reviews. Excited for the new year. We have a website that is on the way. And some people have been asking us where to get some of that supporters gear as well. Some of those hoodies and some of those um, other things like coffee mugs and all things that kind of surround when it comes to having great conversations. Uh, We're putting things in place there. So make sure... You keep an eye out for that one. But yes, leave us your reviews and we'll see you soon for episode 12.